Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Bradfoe Show. Two days in a row. Look at us cooking. It's like uh, we're, we're leading the circus for the offseason. Call me P.T. Barnum, except it's Coop, and I'm joined with, you know, the usual cast of clowns and, and circus freaks. We got Gordo, Sammy, and Pat joining us per usual. PT, like PT Barnum, what does PT stand for? Hmm. Physical therapy? That's a good yeah. one. Playtime yeah. Barnum? Playtime yeah. Play, Pacific Time. Play Pacific Time Barnum. Pacific People forget. Time. Like, I like Part time Barnum. Part time Barnum. Um, I don't know any other PT things or now mm. that's, that's kind of where my brain goes. You Thunderbolt. If you take the, I like that. A, if you take the A out of my name, I mean, yeah. Oh, true, true, true. Pathway. PT, PT over there. Pathway. Mr. Physical training. Uh, but PT, you know, PT. we can play around, we can play around with acronyms for PT all day long. However, we've got some stuff to get to. Off-season news is starting to swirl. Uh, I guess we're calling it Black Monday, October 9th, 2023, the official day that Red Sox ownership decided to actually do something other than just firing the people within the front office, but also really trying to change the direction of this team. And what, about around 1 o'clock noon, the report came out from Alex Spear of the Boston Globe that Dave Bush would be let go, and then all the other firings started to trickle through. Carl, or where's my show sheet? Where's my show sheet? Line, line, line. We all said Carlos Fable is infield coach, third base coach. Might as well be feeble the way that the team played this year. Paul Abbott of Worcester, he was their pitching coach. He was also let go, which I feel like that one makes a lot more sense to me. I think we've been saying forever that the Red Sox have had difficulty developing pitching once it hits the triple a level. So I, that one made the most sense to me. This one doesn't really stick out. Mike Montville. Uh, he was the assistant hitting coach in the show sheet. I have it abbreviated to ass hitting coach. Uh, I would say that probably sums up the job that he did seeing that he's now let go. No offense to him. I'm sure he's a nice guy. But that's kind of the the four, the big four that got cleared. And then also Pete Fatsy, not fired. He's staying around as the Red Sox hitting coach, as reported by Matt Carullo. Cerullo. Cerullo? I was never sure if that's like a hard C or a soft I've never C. Heard Are we hard seeing Matt? Loud. I feel like it's a C, like a Cerullo. That's how I've always in my head. Whenever whenever people like it. reference him, it's always Mac. So I've I've never really heard the last name too often. Give some more love to Mac. Uh 
but yeah, uh, Pete Fatsy is safe. I think that's probably logical as well. Like every every one of these moves, as much as it sucks seeing people get fired, it all is logical in the sense of what direction this team wants to head in, and you know what the flaws were the last couple of years, fielding and base running, really pitching as well. But yeah, I mean. How how are you guys feeling about it, Gordo? You were you were the first one to I to report it out with the aggregation tweet there. Um, I mean, what was your first thought when you saw it? Well, I mean, we've talked about it in previous pods. It's just it's a results business, like specifically with Dave Bush, who we've talked about, and we'll definitely talk about some more. It it was tough to see guys like Tanner Hout, guys like Garrett Whitlock, not take a step forward this year. We talk about it in a bridge year. This was a big year for guys like that to establish themselves in the rotation, figure out who can be cheap, young, controllable starters for the Red Sox. And it was pretty you know, disappointing to not really see these guys take that step forward. And you know, we've talked about Brazier as well. Struggles for over a year with the Red Sox and then goes to the Dodgers and in a week learns a cutter and is one of the best relievers in baseball. That's just... That screams pitching overhaul is necessary. And when you add that to a, a historically bad defense, particularly in the infield, it's a results business. And so, yeah, guys like that, Carlos Fablis, the infield instructor, the head, the head guy in that regard, there's, there's really no other option. I get he's Cora's buddy, but it's a results business. Oh, so that, all right, all right. Before, before Sammy, I know you have some thoughts about Dave Bush that you want to get off your chest, but real quick, is it Ghost GM? Is Cora the Ghost GM? Like, what's it? Would it would he would like have he to be the one making the like it's baseball operations. I he would have to be the ones making the final say of like, yeah, I got to let these guys go. I think another I way to look at that is if they do hire an outside GM, everyone like you, you're not going to hire a manager. Everyone knows that. So I think if you lay off the expandable staff, it it makes it more attractive. GM some input on the staff. Because the manager is not moving, which no. I can't imagine is insanely appealing to many people. But I feel like if you give them the opportunity to hire as much of a staff as they can, it's probably a little bit better on paper. Yeah. I mean, it, I I would imagine that anyone that wants to come in, I mean, Haim had the benefit of Cora was here, but also wasn't here. And it was more of like, hey, you're going to have to hire this guy back. It's a weird process. Yeah. I mean, like I would imagine anyone coming into this situation, especially with what's gone down and expecting to, you know, really make a championship team. I would imagine you want to be able to have every bit of this organization be malleable to you. And if the manager isn't going to be malleable, you better be bargaining for everything else to be under your control. So you're right on there, Pat. I think everything about this is just trying to make the team look more palatable as well as like show that there is a clear redirection of this team. Like we are uh, willing to that's change a thing, direction. Kind of thing. That's a thing. That's a thing. Yeah. So with that, Sammy, what are your thoughts? What do you, are you, are you feeling for, for our guys today? So the way I see it, there's a handful of ways you can look at it. Maybe three. I think Gordo covered the first one, Pat making the, uh, the job look a little bit more appealing. That would be the second one. And the third one, which I hope is not the case, we've spoken plenty of times about the Red Sox PR operation and how they're so good at what they do in that respect uh, for the most part. 
that could be more of this kind of like, look, we're making changes. We're trying. I really need to see what happens next for me to form a true, strong opinion. Uh, I don't like seeing people get fired. Of course, we'd never want to see people lose their job. Very big of you. Very big of yeah. you. I'm a great guy. <laughs> you're for the economy. Wait, so you would say you're for the economy? You're I'm for, for the job economy. And, and most of all, I'm a great guy and very humble. He's a That's good guy. Take, take, that should be your takeaway is that I'm very great and humble. No, but for real, you don't want to see someone get fired. But uh, Gordo said it, it's a result-driven business. The results were not there. Base running, fielding, pitching, good God. Um, but at the same time, didn't have much to work with. Devers has not been a good defender in a while. Yoshida, not a great defender. Uh, shortstop, we don't have to cover that anymore. That was a disaster until Story got back. Um, the pitching staff was a mishmash of guys who might be starters, might not. It's really tough to say. I am, like I said, glad to see changes happening. I hope it's a legitimate look, we're moving in the right direction kind of thing for the Red Sox, but we'll see. It's Carlos Fable is not being here anymore. is going to be weird because I feel like he's, I mean, they have been here forever. I, Pete Fatsy, he was what part of the 2013 team as well. He had a ring with them then. Yeah. It, wasn't Fabless here since like 2007 or something yeah. crazy like that. Yeah. All these guys are like, they're pretty much, they're not pillars within the organization, but you kind of look at them the way that you look at Eddie Romero in the front office, where it's kind of like, all right, you've replaced this guy. I understand that you can fill the role, but it's going to be weird to see someone else in this role. I mean, it's like, uh, who, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on the old third base? Uh, Butter, Butterfield. Oh, Brian Butterfield. Butterfield? Boys. Brian Butterfield. Boys. What? Oh, I've got some Butterfield stories. Uh, give me one right now. So back in high school, me and my buddies used to go to so many games, and we would we would sit in the front sections of the third base side, just like hopping around seats that people weren't sitting in. And before the game, they would always they always announce like first base coach is this guy, third base coach is this guy, and they would always say third base coach Brian Butterfield. And, and me and my boys would always go Butter Butter Butterfield, all right. And and everyone around us would kind of like give like a half hearted chuckle, but he would always turn around. Give us the point, like, hey, what's up, guys? Like, hey. And, like, whenever he had balls, he would throw them our way. After the game one time, we saw him in the parking lot. He's a nice guy. He's like, can I give you guys a ride home? And we're like, all right, guy. Like, we live. I live in Wayland, Massachusetts. Like, I'm not making you drive 45 minutes, but you're the best anyway. Like, That's awesome. I was so upset when he, when he got let go. He's the man. That's cool. Part-time part coach, yeah. full-time Uber driver for just <laughs> random college and high school yeah. kids. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> by the way, by the way. Here, all the love little, of Butterfield. Little Carlos Fabless. Um, he has been with the Red Sox organization since 07. Um, hitting coach for the Lowell Spinners, 2007. That was his first job. Wow. So he's that's, been with the Now that's actually like old. Lowell yeah, Spinners. he's been there for a long time. So, you know, thanks for the memories. It, a lot more good than bad with Fabless. So. The memories in Lowell. <laughs> yeah, thanks for Lowell. Well, there's, there's another thing, Bring though. Bring back the Lowell Is Spinners, he... by the way. He was Devers's manager in AAA. Yeah. Or maybe it was, I think it was in AAA. And then he came up with Devers around the same time. So he's been with Devers and he's coached Devers. He's been, been his infield coach and he's been with him for a long time. Like Devers is now losing another one of his mainstays. So it's going to be interesting which, to see. If, Quick question. Which, now, now that we're talking about Devers' lack of defense and him as the, the fielding coach, that, that idea. Yeah. No, 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 Yeah. Wait, quick question. Will anybody, we don't need to name names, in the Boston media 
write an article saying Devers is disgruntled with Bogarts and Fabless both gone, and he wants out of Boston. Will we see that at all this? Oh, week? we'll see it tomorrow. We will see that <laughs> um, or today when the podcast drops. We so don't we will have not to name it. people. We don't have to name people. I will not name people. No, it's but sure his name will rhyme. Let's his uh, name will rhyme with Skeet Rabe. <laughs> Wait, what was that last name again? That sounded awfully criminal. Rabe. Awfully Rabe. R-A-B-E-Boop if you want to write it down. Rhymes with. Yeah. Mabe? Yeah, put some closed captions on here. Yeah, that could have been tough. Especially the first part of the name. Can we timestamp this? We're talking about this hypothetical article Monday at 8.29 p.m. Sorry, now 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Thank you. Most of the time changes in the middle of my friggin' sentence. Um, so if, this, if the article comes out before the podcast, we still get credit. We want that. I can't believe Pat just cracked his knuckles into the mic, by the way. I know. That's, what a... That's a power bad. move. What a... All right. All right, Pat. Go, any thoughts? I, I feel like you're getting ready for something with, with this news. All right. So I've compiled a list of pitchers who at one point or another have come through the Red Sox in the Dave Bush era. I, I have picked them based on either success directly before Dave Bush or directly after Dave Bush. Their, spoiler alert, people were much better without Dave Bush. Oh, boy. I want to hear First the, list. On the list. A rip. First on the list is Jake Diekman. Oh, that's... 30, I... 38 and a third innings with Dave Bush. A 4.23 ERA and a perfect league average ERA plus of 100. I'm actually surprised the, it's that good. Yeah, that's surprising. Yeah. Tampa Bay Rays, 45 and a third, so seven more innings, a 2.18 ERA and a 192 ERA plus. He was literally 100% better after Dave <laughs> Next on that's the list. Sad. Yeah, keep oh, going. Keep say going. Wait, can I guess the next name? Can I guess the next name? I'll tell you if he's on the list. I got six. Brazier? He is on the list, but he's Fuck. not up next. All right, let's go. Next up is... He should be Jeffrey, the grand finale. Jeffrey Springs. Oh, yeah. this is the... This yeah. one kills me. This one might be. This one might be worse 2020 than 2020 with Dave Bush. A 20-and-a-third innings pitched, a 7.08 ERA, and a 69 ERA+. plus. 31% worse than league average. With the Rays over two seasons... 196 innings pitched, a 2.53 ERA, and again, 100% better, a 165 ERA plus. And he's a starter. Like he yeah. he was he was giving yeah. up runs galore out of the bullpen in Boston. Now he's like one of the well, he's hurt now, but before he got hurt, one of the better starters in the league. This this is a little this is one of a little debatable, but Corey Kluber with Dave Bush. <laughs> 55 uh, this innings. Is, you, had, you had me on the first two. I don't... This one's it, mean. You, you might lose me back in. That. We loop back in. We loop back in. Dave Bush, Corey Kluber. 55 innings, 7.04 ERA, oh. 65 ERA plus. He's 35% league below league average. With the Rays the year prior, 164 innings pitched, 4.34 ERA, 84 ERA plus. So about 20% better than last year. The ERA is a full three runs. Well, an, another thing that might play into that, that report, I forget. I, oh, it was Cotillo, Chris Cotillo. Chris Cotillo reporting that he may have been hurt before he was signed and that they signed him anyway, which 
is super confusing, but yeah. Yeah, go on. We we end with three three heaters. One of them, sneaky. Richard Blyer. Mm. Oh, because of before? Dave, yes. With Dave Bush this year, 30 and two-thirds innings, a 5.28 ERA plus, and an, or sorry, 5.28 ERA, and an 87 ERA plus. Last year with the Marlins, 50 and two-thirds, a 3.55, and a 116 ERA plus. He was 20% better last year. I didn't pull up his walk numbers, but I'm pretty sure he was a total full two walks higher per nine innings than he was last year in Miami. Our old friend, Ryan Brazier. Oh, this is this one hurts. Cook. Cook. Absolutely. 2021, cook. I, yeah. and, 2021 and 2022 with Dave Bush. 74 innings, 5.09 ERA, 85 ERA plus. Oh, this hurts. With the Dodgers since leaving Dave Bush. Oh, no. 38 and two-thirds innings. A 0.70 ERA and a 627 ERA plus. <laughs> okay, so this is this is where you lose me. Why? Because I think Brazier tried to get him fired. I think. I mean, this is this is you complete conjecture. Oh, good lord, Brazier! I just don't like Brazier. Say the number much. again. Say the number again, Pat. Give me the number. 627 ERA plus. He was 800% better with the Dodgers <laughs> than he was. <laughs> no, That's so painful. No, this can't happen. 800%? Well, you have to remember inflation's pretty crazy right now. Yeah, consider inflation. That's true. In this economy, like that, you can't expect Bushy to be doing anything with that. Yeah, if I he have was one last better, one. Bush would have been fine. So we got yeah. this all off. I have one last one. Old friend Eduardo Rodriguez. Oh. Oh. Mind you, Dave Bush came in in 2020. Erod was out with myocarditis. So the only season he played with Dave Bush was 2021. 157 and two thirds innings pitched, a 474 ERA, and a 99 ERA plus. He was literally below league average. With the Tigers, 243 innings, 3.58 ERA, and a 118 ERA plus. Sounds like a guy the Red Sox should sign. Oh, well, is he? Well, that's a, he's it. under contract for three years, Sammy. Is oh, he not? He's silly goose. No, he's not. What? Me a goose? I'm not a drone. <laughs> oh so just tying back in here, like I, I agree with Sammy. You're never happy when someone loses their job. I agree with that. I'm not happy Dave Bush lost his job. That being said, is there a stockpile of evidence that he was not a good pitching coach? Yes. Yeah, I I'd think, say that's fair. I think that Dave Bush beat you in a bodybuilding competition one time, and you're just salty about it still. He that's that's true. Dave Bush is uh, he is He's yoked. Jacked. He is yoked. Pat, we don't talk about Red Beach 2016. <laughs> he was a bad. Listen, I would have won that Pat, if shown my up hands didn't break. Bush. I was squatting unbelievably that summer i just bust out of my shoes when i go for my first rep and there comes bushy laced up brand new sneakers bushy's got crushes up to his ears we got the bushy. oil on the bald head he's soaking wet all the time anyway yeah that's that's actually <laughs> yeah. Anywho, he was a sweaty fair. dude 
the, the way you said it, Pat, there, there legitimately is like a mountain of evidence against Dave Bush. And I said multiple times on the show, I hate when fans are like, I don't like this coach because like some portion of the team is performing. Yeah. But when there's that much smoke, probably a fire. So I hear you. I also fire, think it's a fire in two ways, a fire in two ways. Yeah. yeah. But I also think that like, he's also a Forest product fire. of like the circumstances of, and that's why you saw the Worcester Red Sox coach get fired, the pitching coach get fired as well, Paul Abbott. Uh, I mean, like nothing is going right for pitching development. I mean, you look at what Cleveland does and it feels like Cleveland just develops a new pitcher every year. That's going to get scooped up by someone that can actually pay a star when they become a star. Yeah, but I mean, Cleveland just continues to refill that void when they do lose a star, and, we, and it's kind of like, why are the Red Sox not capable of doing that? And you, I think this is evidence that there was an issue, like step, like from top down, and an this is kind of gutting it out. Yeah, an organizational thing. structural thing. Yeah, like it's, it's pretty clear. Like we've got the, the failures at AAA are going like to turn into failures at the big league level, but it's also the big league level have. is deciding everything that goes on at AAA. So it's kind of like. You gotta you gotta figure out what's going on at the top, and once you clear that all out, it's like, all right, start knocking down the dominoes, mm-hmm. and we're gonna put in brand shiny new dominoes. Heck, they might not even be white dominoes. We might go out and we might buy like a really nice set of like I don't know polished wood dominoes, gold. Set something. those up, something that won't fall over. But when you do a- push like the first one, it makes like a nice, very pretty picture, and maybe that picture is a World Series. I don't know. Mm. And it's a thing that goes back longer than time. I mean, we're talking like since Henry Owens, we people just fizzle out at AAA for some reason. Trey Ball, it's like it's, La Rosa. We got so many. Like, is Dave Bush the reason that, why the five aces didn't work out? Yeah, yeah. Chalk it up. Yeah. Hey, well, you know what the good thing is? The system. Yeah. On the bright side, Red Sox are. I would stack them up against anyone developing bats. So at least they got yeah. that. It's not like the entire farm is just a disaster. If they could figure out this one thing. Maybe I'm just trying to be freaking positive. And that's why, like, I mean, like, that's why I'm happy Pete Fatsy is staying. And even I, Chris Cotillo had a article with Dave Bush today with a quote from him saying, I wish we had played better, wish we had pitched better. That's the end story. We were just not good enough. The expectations are always high here. That's what makes Boston so special. And it's like, it. I, I don't know how many times you have to beat a dead horse and say Boston is a, it's a results-driven market. I of course, if you are failing, and I feel like he was here for a, maybe a little too long, if you're failing, like you're eventually going to be bumped out, and that's just you can't be sore about it. Like he understands that, and you look at the other side of the the diamond on the offensive side. Like I was saying, Pete Fatsy, he, he actually has results. I I really have never. You have moments, especially at the beginning of this year, when bats were they there was no identity to them. You'd have guys picking it up. They'd get figured out by an opposing team's pitching, and they'd instantly go cold for a nice streak. And but it, they always kind of found their, they always found their balance. Like you were never really concerned about the bats too much. And then once things started to go bad, you were like, "Oh, relief has it. Maybe we'll figure that out." But as far as like the bats that you expect to kind of have progress, especially with Cassis, and I think that might have been a chief reason why like that Fatsy like kind of stayed around is that Cassis went from a first baseman that looked like Dolby, Bobby Dahlbeck in his first month of play to potentially being rookie of the year by the end of the year. I mean, he I was mean, one of the best best like 25 hitters in baseball for the second half of the year. He was friggin' on fire. So yeah. Cassis over Gunner. I'm just saying, if you, if you voted Gunner, yeah. you vote for the kind of people that 
run his high school. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, but the other, thing of, the other thing going off that coop is they also had guys who outperformed expectations. Like before his injury, Jaron Durant was great this year. Yes. Yeah. Adam Duvall was a great pickup. Swing came back. Sick Willie. How about that? Yoshida. Sick yeah. Willie. Abreu. Yoshida. Really, any of the well. younger guys that like kind of came up this year? They oh, Connor Wong. Connor Wong becoming yeah. a reasonable big league hitter is not something yeah. that gets talked about. But like that's a thing. Oh, okay. Reyes this Chang. we're 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 all right. Tech. We were talking about this earlier, where. You have certain people, you, like Aaron Boone, you make him a manager with the shot that he ends up becoming a Yankee legend. He was already a Yankee legend, and now, like, I ask any of my Yankee fans, friends that are fans, and um, they they all hate him. Like, 2023 yeah. is, I think, or 2003 is, I think, ruined in their mind. Of course, it wasn't a World Series year for them and everything, but they still had that moment, that chip on the Red Sox of, hey, we got the better of you that year. I don't think they have that type of sentiment anymore. And that's why I don't want to see guys like Pedroia or, and like Pedroia's, we were talking about that in our group chat earlier of whether he would actually make a great head coach or not. And I think tech is the name that gets floated around by fans much more when coaching decisions get brought up around Boston. And I just, I don't get it. I don't understand why anyone would want to see him in that spot. He is in the perfect spot where he is right now because he is developing I, I would say probably the most challenging position to find someone solid and reliable for a yeah, team. And I, I agree. Catcher, catcher, like so much goes into that position than just the defensive side or really just like calling. I mean, I, I don't really think catchers are really calling games anymore. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And you talk to any of the players and catchers that have worked with like tech. He is the most prepared coach in that clubhouse. He is going in there every day as if he is playing, and it it shows. I mean, yeah, how many catchers have we seen since he left that have been, if not serviceable, to a degree of uh, only active Hall of Famer Sandy Leon? There's really it, never been a catcher issue since he left. Like there haven't they haven't been the best in the league at catcher, but we've never been like these guys stink. Like even I was saying all this off season, I don't feel great about Reese McGuire, Connor Wong. Not an issue all year long. It's fine. Yeah, no, fine. no, great. and even like I think the biggest like. The biggest bugaboo for everyone is just seeing the tandem because I think that is so new to baseball and it's still like it's not it's not spread out and it's not wide because it is tough it's it's difficult new uh, Dr. Seuss yeah. word it's a uh, difficult uh, combination of difficult and uh, tough to find like a catcher that is actually great offensively you can put him in almost every at bat every day I mean like you're not getting a JT Real Muto every year you're not getting an Adley Rush I mean Adley two years in he's looking incredible yeah but you're not gonna get that every like start from a majority of catchers so having that tandem and not really knowing what you're going to be able to get out of each catcher i think is worrisome going into every year but like you said sammy like we've never really had like the worry at the end of the year of like oh what are we going to do with our catching especially the teams that make the playoffs it's kind of like oh we have this figured out yeah at the very least you know they're going to be prepared and coop one more thing on Veritech. He's been in the dugout in a coaching role since 2012. I feel like if he wanted to be manager or wanted to bump his role up in a significant way, it would have already happened. I think he's happy in what he's doing. He's helping the team. That's not debatable. Like you said, catcher is a hugely important position. And if he's there to have us not have to worry about that, 
that's fine with me. I I I don't get the Veritex. It's a guy who knows his role. I, I there's nothing yeah. better than a guy who just knows his role. There's a and coach. you have to remember if he if he gets promoted, if he became the Red Sox manager one day, like that's a position that gets that's hired to get fired. So if yeah. you promote him to manager, then at some point in the next three, five, seven years, he's going to be out of your organization because that's what happens with yeah. Everyone. yeah. I, I mean, Alex hear... Cora talks about it all the time. He's like, I'm not going to be managing forever. I, I yeah, don't yeah. want this job forever. Like he, It's something that I don't think he would ever give up willingly, but I also think he will eventually see the time where it's like, oh, I can make a jump up to inevitably a front office position and excel there. Like I don't think it that position really isn't for Cora to lose unless you know they flop next year. But he he is always telling that line of, I don't know whether I have job security or not. Yeah, I think going off what you're saying about like advocating for tech for a job that you lose, I think if you hire like a team alumni or a former player, it's got to be someone who like fans love and respect, but is not on this insane pedestal that's going to knock them from grace. Alex Cora. Like, Alex, yes. <laughs> but, or like a Dave Roberts, a Kevin Cash. Like these guys yes. played for the Red Sox. If they, if they come in and just absolutely miserably fail, it's not, people are still going to remember Dave Roberts for 04. Kevin Cash doesn't really have a memory with the Red Sox, but you're like, yeah, he played for him. But like stuff like like Dave you, Rock. It doesn't hurt you to to lose that. Like it's like if Kevin yes. Cash managed the Red Sox and stunk, would I really care that now I remember Kevin Cash for managing the Red Sox instead of being the backup catcher in away? Yeah. Like no, I I think I would take Kevin Cash over Dave Roberts, by the way, like any day. I, I don't think Dave Roberts is an incredible manager. No, I think Dave Roberts is a Steve Kerr. I think he's a product of good talent. Hey, guys, I got... Uh, Ooh, some I disagree with that. I, Steve Kerr is incredible. More, first more, uh, more Bush and Fabulous news. I, small little thing, but Chris Cotillo just reported that uh, neither of them are going to be with the franchise in any capacity. So they're like gone, gone. They didn't get a demotion. Ooh. They're like fully out. So if you okay. didn't well, know that, now you know. They're gone, gone. It's an or- it's an organizational overhaul, and that's, yeah, I mean, it speaks to the to the AAA fires too. Like particularly on the pitching side, like it speaks to how they look at this offseason. Like they are overhauling it. We wow. hope. We hope. Wow. But moving on, I, I mean, do you guys have any final? We've already beat up on guys that just got fired enough, so I think I think it's time. Th- I think you might you, Pat, you, you might have to lay low for a little bit. I will. Craig Breslow for pitching coach. I'll leave it at that. Credit to Veritech. For being like a Bill Belichick coach guy, he does his job. Uh, oh, do we want to talk about Bill Belichick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, you know what? Dude, 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 dude. Wait, wait, wait. The This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, moving yeah. on to something else. Sean McAdams brought up something that I absolutely hated. Um, <laughs> I like Sean McAdams. He's a good guy, but that was a bad article just because it made me sad. Um, he reported that he had heard from a source that um, the direct quote is, according to a source at a preliminary planning meeting for the Red Sox offseason held last month, Otani was not at all a focus for that front office. Uh Coop, Coop, how are you feeling, lefties, buddy? dude? Too many lefties in the lineup. You gotta have a righty. Coop, all I lefties. Gotta... <laughs> all lefties. That's a just joke. hunt the joke. Hunt everyone. the short corner. That's a joke. Hunt the short corner. Just wrap them all around. <laughs> um, can I? Can I? You guys are gonna hate me. Love Already. Shohei. Trust me. If he came to the Red Sox, I would go nuts. But they have multiple holes to fill. He's not gonna pitch next year. I just don't see the fit. Again, I would love it just for the fun, and I'd be very happy if it happened. But one, I don't see the fit. Two, I don't think it's going to happen. And three, I think there's smarter ways to go about addressing the team this offseason. So. But they yeah, just yeah. got you rid duck, of the train. Wait, no, wait, 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 rewind, 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 rewind. Um, another little, another little, uh, you saying, like, I don't think it's going to happen. They fired their translator today, dude. Oh, Yoshida, oh we need to Yoshida touch on Japanese, that. Uh, well, translator. He was also part of the firings on Less Monday. translators equals yes, Otani? Well, Shohei, Shohei has his own translator. He has, uh, was it Ipe or Ipe? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah his, like, best. best friend that he was just that like, he's my best. translator now. He's, he's literally just his best friend. Well, Okay, I take every no, no, I still don't. Yeah. Have, <laughs> I, dude, we no. got two DHs on the team already. They're not gonna get a third DH. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. No, I'm it, a Sammy. I'd like it. Yeah, it does. I say it. I'm a Sammy. 
It doesn't make sense, but I like insanity. All right, I live in elaborate, the chaos. Pat. Elaborate. I on think that. if you take the five hundred million that you'd have to allocate to Shohei, I think you are better off signing a Yamamoto or Nola, and then trading and extending it for a Burns or Bieber. I think that is a better route to go with that money. Did you just? Did you just? Are you trying to sweeten the pot? See, now you got Coop back on board. You can't say Shane Bieber around this kid. You can't do it. Burns. Burns. We'll go Burns. Trade trade him now for Roman Anthony. Trade him right now for Roman Anthony. Where did that originate from? Where did that originate from? It was one of those stupid, like, it was one of those stupid, like, it was like, what, a who says no trade? FB Nation. Yeah, it was one of those who says no idiots. But. But I know I agree with Sammy. I think if you can fill a one of the two in a rotation, because what happens four years from now when Devers is potentially the worst fielder in the world in the field, four years from Yoshida, now. Yoshida's a wash in left field, and then you have Otani with ten years and four hundred million dollars left on his deal. You don't want Jose Ramirez on your team? Is that what you're telling me? Uh, we need switch hitters, man. We need righties. Yeah. Yeah, we need we good bunters. I'll never get over that. When I told when you, I told Rob McGuire, you don't need bunters. When we told reason. Rob about uh, how that person said no Otani because he's a lefty, Rob's reaction was unbelievable. He just goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Le- only reason why. Just too he's many. A lefty. Get out of here. But no, I, I agree, Pat. I think the issue You sounded like Eck. That was Eck. I wish. The that issue on the Otani thing He's got the is mustache if, for it. I feel like it's if true. you say if you say you don't not that you don't want Otani, but if you see that he's not a fit, people scoff like the greatest player of all time is not a fit. It's not that simple, man. I mean, they need pitching. He's not gonna pitch next year. They need to improve the defense. He does not help with that. I'm sorry, I just don't see it. Love the guy. Are and you, again, hold on, Sammy. Do you need to tell me he wasn't a great fit for the Anaheim Angels? I mean, they won like four World Series with him and Mike Trout, but other than that, it, it stunk. <laughs> but I like that's the thing that hurts is like I I run this bit because I know it's insane and like I started it because it's insane and now I I do want to stop it, but I'm too I'm too deep. No, you into can't stop it. Coop, I'm too Coop, deep. It's in. gained. It has real traction now. Like there's people out there that say like John Heyman says that the Red Sox are a real threat to sign Otani like this this is your world series like you gotta when, when I when I saw down. the first report that like the New Balance connection I oh, was flabbergasted I that was, was flabbergasted I like, are you the source? I remember no no are I you wish the source? I, was. I wish people trusted me like that but like Coops the that's source. the most asinine thing in the world to be like oh yeah he's gonna come here because the the headquarters are here it's kind of like i don't know we have zoom and iphones now i think it's pretty easy to communicate with people you I, don't need the pony express buddy, my full-time job is located in singapore it doesn't mean anything that the new balance yeah. is here come on yeah but you yeah, know Boston, boston's here, boston's the portland of the or the seattle of the the west coast so he basically will feel like he's home boston's on the he's always coming here he likes the ice spice munchkin drink Oh, all right. Oh, you can't. You no. as someone that has consumed. No, now one, he's you leaving. Can't make jokes. One, one set. He's leaving. That's now. still too many. He, I am pretty There's no now. chance. If Shohei has ever heard of that drink, he's not coming to Boston. Uh, there's just no chance. What but if no, he gave I, him like me, a Shohei oh. Duncan drink? Dude, give me Here's, a dunk, give me a Ben Affleck Shohei Otani dunks commercial. I mean, oh, okay. I said no, it remember fit- those. Uh, Remember the Duncan ads where uh, Gronk and Big Poppy would would sing songs about 2016 was an incredible yeah. summer. All right, I was, let's 
that was let's imagine a world. You've got a trio. You've got Shohei, Yoshida, and Devers singing about Duncan Ice. Okay, if we're doing oh. songs, I said this last week with Fitzy on Breaking Boston. By the way, go subscribe to Breaking Boston. That comes out daily. You get a little dose of what's going on. Plug myself, plug myself. Um, but yeah, I, I made the joke of we were talking about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift and what baseball needs right now to compete with that. And I said Shohei Otani and Noah Khan. I Come on. They become best of friends, maybe oh, a little bit who? better than friends. I thought you, you were saying you're on the same page. No, not not romantic. If they want to be romantic, I I will fully support that. I think that would they would be a very Wait, healthy who? relationship. Noah Khan? Who's Noah Khan? Get out. No. Ooh. You're from New England, you don't know who Noah Khan is? Buddy, I already bought the Fenway tickets. He's doing Fenway, bud. Oh, I think I might have seen pictures. Does he have long hair? Yes, yeah, long boy, hair. very earthy, crunchy. Um, if you looked at him and you were like, yeah, that looks like something Coop would listen to while he's hiking. You're absolutely correct. Um, he, so he's a singer. Can you sing a song? Music. What's his most he's famous He's like song? Post Malone's yeah. best friend now. Folk music, pop, all kind of like in between that little, like good, very New Englandy music. He sings about Vermont. Very angsty. Very angsty. Yeah. Big socks. Oh, I've seen, yeah, I've seen pictures of this guy. He had pictures at Fenway Park. There's been pictures of, yes. of that going around, right? Yep. Cause he's playing at Fenway Park. Sick. Let's get tickets, also, boys. I, I oh, gotta, buddy, I already got two. Where's mine? I, uh, I got a whisper because uh, my roommate is a diehard Phillies fan. Okay, let's go. That game is now 4-3. Acuna's on first. It's 1-0. Shut up. Ooh, I left. Yeah. He started this. It was 4 nothing. I keep looking down at my phone. Sorry, guys. I'm trying to see what happens with this game. <laughs> We're not good enough for you, Sammy. You hear uh, screaming, you're not good? Not at all. If you hear screaming, no one died. That just means okay. that the Phillies blew it. I love that. Tuned in. I love this. So I do kind of want to see the Phillies win now. Let's go, Braves. I, I was like, I like the Braves are a wagon, but the Phillies winning that would be kind of fun. The Rangers nah, both speed. I am all in. I don't want. But to we're we're gonna yes. get to that topic later. That's we're gonna finish with that topic. <clears throat> by the okay. way, we're, right, Boston okay. don't want him. <clears throat> okay. Um. So Shohei, uh, the second part of this though, this was something that I think was a little bit beyond Shohei that I wanted to get your guys' opinion on. Uh, Sean McAdams continued, another source noted that the principal owner, John Henry, remains philosophically skittish over the prospect of a con- of the kind of lengthy mega deals that it would require to get Shohei to come to Boston. What does that mean for Yamamoto? Dude, wait, wait. Can I just say, that is the perfect word to describe him. Skittish. Skittish? That's perfect. Yes. Well done. <gasps> perfect. That's like, it, it's... It? You said, McAdam? What? McAdam. Great job. McAdams? The McAdam. No S. No S. Singular. Yeah. No S. Perfect word. John Henry skittish. It's great. It's like a little puppy. Cool. Can I tell you why you shouldn't be he, afraid of He's about, just kind of hobbling around. Yamamoto. He sees like a large contract on his desk. He's like, huh? Ah. I'll tell you why you shouldn't be uh, afraid about Yamamoto, though. He's 25. Because John Henry, when he used to talk to the media, he used to talk about how he didn't like signing pitchers in their 30s, given those guys like six, seven year deals when they're 30. Yamamoto's 25. If you want to be afraid of something Yamamoto-wise, I'd be afraid of the Mets because all the reports around the Mets and Yamamoto are very scary. Like if the Red Sox aren't going to be willing to pay Otani, Yamamoto is your best bet at like a star impact guy for years to come. And if the Mets are going to blow him out of the water, that's what they're going to do. Like when they want to do that, it happens. And if they have their heart set on him, I have a hard time seeing the Red Sox and John Henry outbid them. So, but if that reporting is overblown, 
he's 25. Like he would be the type of guy that they would go after. See, this is why I somewhat like. Didn't they say? Didn't the Mets say they were going to kind of do like a reset this year? Yeah, they weren't planning on building it. Like, I think they said twenty twenty twenty. Yeah, five and six. Who knows? Also, they were just they were trying to get Scherzer to accept the no trade. Like, they were also gonna they were trying to be like, hey man, like take the trade. Like, we're gonna stink for three years. Like, I promise you don't want to be here. He's like, okay, fine, I'll go to Texas where we listen to Creed. And I think what also. What I really like about the Shohei Otani news is that I think it drives the demand down. And this is me and my dumb fan brain being like, oh, everyone's attention is on Shohei. No one wants to pay Yamamoto. But I do think there is a little credence to the fact that like, when the Red Sox are in on a guy, that automatically drives the value up on them. Like, You get the Yankees, you get the Dodgers, you get the Red Sox in on a guy that's interested. Throw in the Astros now as well because they're somewhat willing to pay people. Mariners too. I think this like Shohei hurting his yeah. arm and not being able to pitch, I think helps Seattle yeah. a ton. But that's the one team that could be like, yeah, you don't have to pitch for a year. But that's not like, not to the fact point. of Seattle paying, but more I'm more so saying like the big spenders that yeah. they aren't afraid to throw cash or they used to not be th- afraid to throw cash around. I think that drives the value up on these guys because teams like Seattle look at that and they're like, hey, he wants to be here, but we now know that we do have to sweeten that pot because money talks. I think that drives the value up and attention on Shohei and it kind of detracts from Yamamoto where it's kind of like, all right, if everyone wants to go get the whale, why can't I go get the little dolphin? Even though hunting dolphins is all bold. You shouldn't hunt either. They're mammals. Um, but the analogy stands. Yeah. I, 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 you, you, I, I lost you guys on the dolphin, didn't I? Yeah. I, I was like, dolphin. where's he? Dolphin. No. Oh, what's the, no. what's the trope? Like, like, oh no, Philly. Five to four Atlanta. Oh no. Home run. Oh wait, can we wait? Everyone quiet. Everyone quiet. See if we can hear the roommate. Wait, who hit it? Austin, Austin Riley. Tank. Tank. Wow. Are we doing a Uh-oh. are we doing a wellness check? Pat, We're doing a, this is a live so wellness check on a Philly. I would put the Pat mic. is getting up and he is moving. He is his moving. eyes are wide. He does this is like a horror movie. This is Blair Witch yeah, Project. He's in danger. If his screen goes off, like you heard it here first. You gotta clip this. Coop we'll this have to send out. someone out. What? <laughs> what? Does anyone know what town he's in? We'll have to call the local police. He's in Hartford. I just heard something. Yeah, I heard something. I heard the call. Oh, yeah, I heard the <laughs> I heard something. All right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah. I feel bad. I would, I would be so. We mad. We, I mean, we can't words. have we can't have Suey on the podcast. If we have a Suey on the podcast, reliable. Um. No, don't worry, Coop. You just cut it out. You just cut it. Yeah, yeah I don't. Cut that, I don't, cut that, cut that. I don't know if you guys, if you guys heard it, but I walked out as he got the phone notification. He goes, "I fucking knew it. Home run." That's what I was worried about. He always hits a home run. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, I'm hug a Philly fan. Hug a Philly fan. Uh, but yeah, I mean, are we, we're not worried. We're not worried about John Henry being skittish. I oh, of course. I'm worried about it. You have I to think be. Is, I'm worried. As long as he is comfortable in that six to eight year threshold, it doesn't kill you. Because if you go out and you're, if he's okay and not skittish with a six to seven year deal for a 30 year old pitcher, then I think you can get by on it. That being said, if he's skittish on those and he has to pick one of the two, 
I would prefer to give Yamamoto a 12-year deal, 25 years old, or the best player of our generation a 12-year deal. But I think you can operate within those six to seven-year confines in terms of contract years. I think it's doable, and I don't, I don't think it's a giant hindrance to not do the 10 to 15-year deals. If you stick to six or seven years, like that puts you in the market for every single other pitch. Like Blake Snell's in that range. Aaron Nola's in that range. Nola. Sonny Gray, you can get for like four five, four years maybe. Like, And then you add in all the 30-year-olds who have one year of control left. Those Corbin Burns, Bieber, those guys are going to be six, seven years. Like I think you can operate within those confines pretty comfortably. But it's just you got to be willing to spend. Like you, yes. you, you have to give out something. Like I understand if he's skittish over like a decade long contract for a guy who you don't know and has never been in your organization, but you've got to be willing to spend. Like this is if he, if they don't spend this offseason, the entire fan base, like the Dude, small you, semblance you're of fans worst, that are still on his side will be gone. You're already like I mean Celtics look awesome. Bruins, not great, but fun. Patriots are a football team, so they're always gonna be huge even though they suck. Like you have to friggin' spend. If the Red Sox don't spend, I will be at the biggest, quote, I'm at a loss moment in my fandom career. It's insane. Like, there's, they have to spend. There's no, like, this offseason. Well, they've already indicated, hard. like, it's, I don't even think that's, like, I don't look at that as a reality. Like, I, you can't come out the way that they have in this offseason so far and not spend. Like, that's yeah. just not a possibility. True. They've they've talked. Talked. They have say, talked some talk. I'm not as concerned um, as some people that they're going to spend, I don't know if they're going to spend up to the amount that people are expecting. Like if you think they're going to sign uh, Yamamoto and then they're going to trade for Corbin Burns and then they're going to extend him and then they're going to get a big right-handed bat, like pump the brakes. I think it's going to be one huge signing and then maybe, you know, a couple like, oh, good get, good get. And then they'll beef up the bullpen and that'll be it. A couple Chris Martins, you saying? Just get all Chris Martins. Oh, Chris Martins. Just an army of Chris Martins. An army of six foot eleven dudes who just don't walk anybody. Love that guy. My favorite player. Post one ERAs. If you had a whole team of guys with one ERAs, I hate to break it to you, Sammy. They'd probably win the World Series. Dude, that's the key. Why don't the Red Sox just sign all the good pitchers? Ryan Brazier. He is he's below one ERA. That's true. They should think of, they should think about bringing a guy like him into the team. He throws a cutter. Does he now? Oh, yeah, he does now. <laughs> I barely know her. Dave Bush taught him. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, and on that note, let's let's move to the last one here from the last week. I This one was interesting to me just because I think it's a little bit of a needle mover in how Cassis will be going to the future. Um, from Molly Burkhart, good friend. Shout out, Molly. Uh, Cassis's unconventional routine gains respect in Red Sox clubhouse. I don't. Did you guys get a chance to read through this at all? Yeah, quickly. I mean, I read it last year when um, the reports about the you know the older players not liking his his routine or whatever the way he goes about his business. For me, that was pretty discouraging, just because you know that this kid's going to be with the team for a long time, and if the the players on the team aren't going to accept who he is, like you got to go. And I feel like a lot of those yeah. guys are gone now. I won't name names, but um, to hear that guys like. Kenley, especially, who of course in the article it says they didn't initially get along, and now they had you know they talked it out. And now they're boys. I love that. That's good. That's mature. Um, that's a good sign of things to come. Uh, and uh, hopefully, Costas is here for a long time, and people get used to the the painted nails, the earthing, the the yelling balls and strikes. So 
Um, yeah, the more open guys can be, I think that behooves the entire team. So yeah. you bring up an excellent point that I think was pretty captured in Justin Turner's quote within this article. Uh, Molly wrote that Justin had told her, I just want to keep them moving in the right direction. Make sure they don't wind up in the gutter. And that was in response to him talking about what it means to be a veteran in that clubhouse and what he thought coming in with him being a rookie. And I think that's like a very, that's a very fair way to look at it where it's kind of like a veteran might not know what's going on with that player. But as soon as they understand that, like everything Cassis is doing, all those antics that like a lot of the olds would point out and be like, you can't do that. It's all things he's doing to get ready for the game itself. Like, it's not like he's like, I don't know, dicking around, not doing anything before the game, showing up last minute, like some other young players that play the outfield may or may not do with their Lamborghini. Um, And I think that's like a fair, like, as long as you know, the guy's not doing anything to hurt himself, leave him be, let him do his own thing and let him cook. I'd never for an instant got from Cassis that anything he did was confidence. Like it's not yeah. saying like he's better than anyone else. It's literally just like, Hey, I just have to get ready for the game. Well, co- well, cocky- a little confidence, yeah. Cockiness. No, he I definitely think- is. But like, that's not a part of what he does. I mean, can I think about it? You got to have, I think it does show confidence in the best way. If you're going to be this different from everyone else, you come into a team and especially not, not to like, pump the Red Sox tires, but it's the Red Sox. That's a big historic franchise. And he's coming in. He doesn't care. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to do what got me to the dance. It's working. Why would I stop? I think that shows supreme confidence. And that's part of why I liked him when he first came up aside from the great play. So yeah, man, I, I nothing bad to say about Costas. He's great. And I, hope he's I just felt like it, it's such a weird thing for people to still get hung up on after having guys like Manny here for years. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, no. I, and I know, and I like, listen, I'm not for a second saying Costas is Manny Ramirez in like the hitting category, he might have potential to be on that level. Who knows? But Manny got the job done. I mean, there were instances where you're like, what the hell are you doing, Manny? But everything that he did was to make himself comfortable for the game. And if he was comfortable, he was a Hall of Famer, barring any substances. Um, But I mean, like that is what you want from a guy just to be comfortable up at the plate. And I thought what was also interesting and this is you guys feel free to say cooper you're looking into this way too much but this quote from molly quoting cassis in the interaction that he had with kenley i think it's more of like an instance of he has a little bit of like leadership in him uh so it says here outside of the meticulous game plan cassis follows the rookie's confidence not only in his routine but in the way he carries himself has struck out has stuck out to some veterans jansen saw the confidence firsthand one night after a game when he and cassis were the only two left in the clubhouse. Love that dog. As they as they sat eating in silence, the 23-year-old turned to the 35-year-old Jansen and asked, hey, do you have a problem with me? He kind of called me out, Jansen said. Not called me out, but I was like, I have a sense that you don't like me. I also think I said that was Cassis talking to her, but that was Kenley, but whatever. Um, he then goes on to say, Cassis now, uh, I love confrontation, Cassis said. I like problem solving and I like collaborating with people, especially with my teammates. And if it feels like uh, verbal diarrhea there, and if I feel that there's a disconnect between me and another person, I don't mind expressing myself. Discomfort with that person and trying to figure out why I feel that way about that person, which I mean, that's what, that's, that's a leader. Yeah. Cerebral. Yes. Like that's not like someone just being like, all right, I got to come in here and take command. It's more of like, I want to work better with these guys. Like 
there is an understanding that this is a team and that we're not going to get better if we're all enemies with each other. And Coop, for you're not overstating that. that. You're yeah, not I mean, overstating like, that. Like having those t- like it is t- it is a tough skill. It is tough to be willing to do that to have those tough conversations. But the fact of the matter is, if there's like any sort of unspoken friction between guys in the clubhouse, like that's a problem. That that is stuff that lingers and it has impact on the field as well. So having a Rob, guy that's willing to have those tough conversations and make sure that guys are on the right level with each other in that locker room is important. Huge. And Rob talks about like the clubhouse is both a family and somewhat of like a neighborhood. Like you guys are related, but you're not. And you have to spend so much time together that you develop that kind of family thing. And if there is friction, and I don't know if you guys are from any Irish Catholic families like myself, well, Irish Catholic, shout out. Uh, but like, you don't really talk about your feelings. So like a bunch of dudes all together in that clubhouse after a while in with a really tough situation, I can just picture things like shutting down, no one talking to each other. Maybe that happened in 2021 and for, or in 2022. Yeah. And when Cassis first came up, like he might not have been able to be ha- like having those discussions with people because just makes it even more impressive though. Yeah. I mean, he's already been, that's what I mean. Like, he came like- into the season wanting to be able to build something. And how many guys, I mean, he's again, he's 23 years old. How many guys would be discouraged by that? You got, you got guys like who have been in the league who you probably watched on your way up and they're kind of poo pooing your process. And you got to fight through that. Tell yourself, I'm a top prospect. I'm here for a reason. I do my own thing. And he's done that. And he, you know, a little weird to say, I love confrontation, but hey, interesting guy. He talked it out with Kenley, who's a Hall of Famer. And look, man, that's a great kind of personality trait. I'm I'm, I'm such a Casas guy. It's my guy. Confirmed Casas? Huh? Confirmed Casas guy? Confirmed Casas guy. I like how he hits the ball really far. That's, that is buddy. important. I Have like you seen that. how like high he hits it? That home run he hit early in the season that he wrapped around the pole is one of my favorite home runs. It's straight up in the air, and he just looked at it, hooked, and And then the Red Sox famously went on to win the World Series. <clears throat> uh, I love dreams. Yeah. Dreams are sick. Dreams are so much. I fun. do. I do have that dream sometimes, and I'm like, and I wait, and I'm like, in my dream, I'm like, I have no idea how they made the playoffs because I thought they weren't in the playoffs. Okay. Dreams can come true, kids. I had a dream. Dreams can come true. Dave Bush got fired today. Struck out. Jesus Christ, Pat. Um, on that note, I mean, line. I, I kind of want to end it on that happy note. So thanks for that, Pat. Um, any enough saids before we, we we dust this thing off and ship it on out to everyone's ears tomorrow? Enough said. Today? Love Shohei Otani. Not a fit in Boston. Sorry, folks. Okay. Goodbye. Uh, I'm a right, you're you're, gonna like get, the dude oh, you're also going to get some hate. Con- the- congrats on getting hate. It's the picture of the dude in the courtroom standing up, just like Shohei's not a fit for the Boston Red Sox. That's me and Sammy. Can you name that portrait? Dude, no. Are you kidding me? Can it's a Massachusetts you? artist. I couldn't name Norman, it. It's Norm, it's Norman Rockwell. It's part of the Four Freedoms. Yeah. It's a collection of four different paintings. It was made during World War II, commissioned by the Department of Defense. You're welcome for that. Right. A little history fact. Um, so that's my that's enough said. two minutes ago. No. Norman Rockwell Museum. Yeah. Go out and see it in the fall. It's beautiful. Uh, Gordo, any final words? Yeah, my enough said is we, we thought before this show that we were going to have a little conversation about uh, the layoff between or the layover between for the Braves and the other teams. That oh, my God. Five. No. All right. All right. We're, we're back. Sammy, pop back on screen. <laughs> um, 
But is that even a conversation to have anymore? Because like since we since we discussed it, like the Braves still hadn't had a hit in like the fifth or sixth inning when we had that conversation. But as it stands now, they're two out literally halfway through maybe, the show, like the back half. Maybe of the, the show conversation is meaningless. Well, I mean, like, I don't know. They got shut down for like for what? How many innings was that? Like fourteen innings before they started hitting. Fourteen I mean, or so. I, I don't. Like, so look, I, here's here's my take on it. I'm not saying it's an advantage or disadvantage, but we've all played baseball. Hitting is all about timing. And if you're playing every day, pretty much for six months, and all of a sudden you got four days off, five days off, and you got to get your timing back at the highest level at the most important format that you play in. How could you, how could you say that's not a little bit difficult to adjust to? I mean, look, and people will say, well, the Astros had the break and they won. That series against Seattle last year, they averaged like four runs a game. And to eliminate them, it was like an 18-inning game that they won one nothing. I don't know how you can't say that losing your but I think time that cre- and getting That creates a competitive field, though, I think. Would you say? Well, there's an issue, though. I think that creates like a competitive – like I don't think it's like necessary to create a competitive field. And, of course, like as soon as I say that, that's obviously giving light to the fact that, that it is a disadvantage yeah. to come in first. But I would much rather have two to three games off and be able to take that rest and not be able to tax my bullpen for sure. So then, then for my hitters to get out of time, as big like as I well, would just, I would just look at my hitters and be like, "You guys have to figure this out in like the next like week." Like the cool. issue, you totally agree, but like with the hitters on the other side of the coin for the pitchers, that those off days are great because they're used to taking time off. So you could slice this in different ways, but just strictly talking about hitting, all about timing, and if you don't get to do that for five, and people say, "Oh, why don't you get batting cages?" Come on. Give me a break. That's not easy. And the proof is in the pudding so far. Small sample. I know. But but the issue is, it's like, what What would you rather have? Would you rather have the buy and the layover or have to win a three-game series? And as we see with three-game series, literally from April through September, like we see great teams lose three-game series to bad teams all the time. Like anything can happen. I just, there's no perfect way to go about it because we, we talk about, they shouldn't have this layover. Like they have to figure out a way to give a true reward to the the top two seeds. I don't know what you do. I like the like one game you, wild card. I thought that was perfect. That was the I love four that. divisions. And I know that four, um, which that? that's tough though. For like for a division winner to have to play, a, I think even for a wild card team to have your season on the line for one game in baseball where the sport is such a series oriented thing because one game is impacted by a by a single starting pitcher. Like if you've got Jacob deGrom on your side, like it doesn't even matter if your offense is like the 25th best offense in baseball. Cause you've got that guy on your side. If he yeah. goes eight innings, no like, runs, like sudden, you're going to win the game. Sudden All right, it, so cool. Here's, I love that. here's the solution to make everyone happy. Expand the league to 40 teams. Oh yeah. First off, first off, we're, Great we're giving baseball to everyone. Great problem. After that, we're doing what? Four, uh, four divisions, instead of three so that means we're still sticking with five teams per division nothing's getting real shaken up there pat close your mouth you're gonna catch flies what what's up Braves one uh i think michael bryce harris harper just, did bryce harper just got doubled off on a fly ball in the game <laughs> shut up <laughs> that's kind of funny i like bryce harper but that's pretty funny that's like a I day after harris jeff pass or two oh, days after jeff pass and wax po- poetically about how clutch he is so the braves got shut out for nine 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 innings before they scored a run. Coincidence? The best offense in the league? Ooh. Michael Harris. Look up that catch when you guys get a chance. Michael Harris to save right the game. Oh, take a peek at that. 
Oh my god. The dude he goes he goes up against the fence to catch a ball that, that had it landed that was... at ties the game. It ties the game if that ball incredible. lands and and they double Bryce off first base and that that's the game. Series changing moment right there. Yeah, people people oh! people on Twitter are like, "Oh, I told you, told you that it's not a disadvantage, but come on." Oh, wow. Woo! To be or to be fair, the Braves are lucky they pulled that off. Exactly. Yeah. That they was that was some sloppy defense. That was sloppy oh, defense. No, 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 no. Watch this. Re- I mean, this is terrible podcasting right here. Where we've got the video pulled up right now. Yeah. Well, no, that's a throw that I, what just the is, heck was happening. I'll get it to the infield and someone. That's a throw that's just. I'll get it to the infield. Someone can get it to first base. Yeah. There's no target. Yeah. Wow. Damn, playoff baseball. Wouldn't you want to well, be? Well, I guess of on it? that note, that's been. Actually, <laughs> not be romantic what a, about baseball. What a crazy episode. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I guess Braves win, um, Pat hates Bush, um, Braves used to be and, in Boston, yeah, so that's kind of a win, Boston win. Bo- that's true, that's a dub, that's a dub, hey, World Series, World yeah. Series back on for Boston, we're Braves guys now, and on that note, oh, Gordo, uh, no, we kind of just did your enough set, so enough said's yeah. all carried, um, yeah, we'll catch you next time on the Bradfoe Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.